It's one of my top favorite rappers right there. <clears throat> Logic. Sir Robert Bryson. That's a cool name. Sir Robert Bryson. I don't know if I don't know if he did that or his parents named him that way. But hold on, let me just play this song real quick. How about a little bitty self-love instead? I love this song. I mean, I love all his music. Logic is really good. He's really good. Um, but uh, how y'all doing? This your boy KJ. It's KJ's Corner. Uh, sorry for the long introduction. Uh, that's, that's my guy, Logic. I enjoy his music. Not my favorite rapper. I would say my second behind Travis. Or behind Travis. Uh, but Logic for sure is up there. And uh, I played one of his songs uh because, uh, you know, he dropped an album just this past Friday. So uh, go cop that, by the way. It's really good. I recommend it. No skips. I'm not trying to be biased or anything. There are some albums where I'm just like, uh, Logic, you didn't get this one. This one, he got it. He got it on this one. But in any case, welcome to episode 19 of KJ's Corner. Corner with the K. You already know what it is. I'm trying to do this little wordplay, rhyme scheme, you know, diction, syntax type of thing. And and uh, that's why the, that's why the name is the way it is, KJ's Corner. Plus, you know, my last name is Houston, and I wish I could have did Houston. We have a problem, but there's too many people that are have that last name or are smarter than me, and who started a podcast before I did, so I had to settle. But I like the name. I like it. This is my corner. This is my space. This is my area. This is me, my bubble. My bubble. This is where I talk about my stuff in my own corner. You know, KJ, go to your corner. This is my corner right here. This is my spot. Um, not in that sense. Chill out for those people that listen to this and, and think that way. Uh, no, nah, this is KJ's spot. But yeah, we have a lot. I, I, I got a lot to talk about today. Uh, I'm not going to make it long as the last episode. That went way too long. Um, I was I was getting into it with the with the rankings uh, in regards to Madden and and uh, players uh, in their in their rankings and their response to the rankings and their, uh, yeah, how they felt about it and everything. It was just crazy. Um, and I went a little bit too long. So I'm going to keep this episode decently short, around where I usually have 45 minutes, 40 minutes, because um, I was wilding last time. I don't know what I was doing. I was just talking. Um, but <clears throat> in any way, um, like I said in the last couple episodes, man, this is, it's July. It's it's late July. It's the end of July, basically, the twenty seventh. Um, it's a it's a nice little Monday today here in San Diego, and um, it's the like I said, it's the Renaissance. I've been saying this for the longest. It's it is the the Renaissance, the sports Renaissance. You know, we've gotten sports back. We got baseball. We got MLS. Uh, sports has been happening. Soccer has been happening in Europe and all that stuff. But uh, other leagues are kicking back up. Uh, we got apparently lacrosse. I didn't. Know, I didn't even know we had a major league lacrosse uh, league until I seen it. I, I I didn't know lacrosse had a had a had a professional sports league. Found that out. Um, we have lacrosse. We got. I said baseball already. We got WNBA. We got NBA, and then we got uh, NFL training camps about to start up. I mean, like I said, the renaissance. It's happening. It's happening in sports, and I mean, it doesn't happen if. You know, we, the general general managers, the um, the, um, I'm losing the word. I'm losing. I can't believe this. Whatever Adam Silver. What is Adam Silver's job? This is why I need a co-host. They can just tell me right away. Uh, but this is this doesn't happen if commissioners around uh, the sports world and everything don't, or, you know, take the necessary precautions in order to keep their players, you know, their their marketing pieces, their their. Uh, um, their merchandise, basically the players, um, healthy. And the NBA, you know, they, they did a whole test before the scrimmages happened, and it found turned out none of the players were uh, tested positive for COVID. Um, the, the latest player, Russell Westbrook, is now currently back uh, with the Rockets and playing solid basketball, and everything's looking good right now, and I'm I'm excited. 
But, you know, this past week we had basketball. We had what well, we kind of all been waiting for. You know, the we, we got the we got the full NFL season. The NFL season went went through already. Um, college basketball it only happens, you know, one one you know once per year like every other sport. But, uh, you know, you can't really there's there's too much there's too much politics and you know issues in in the NCAA with all that stuff. You can't really repeat that and everything. But you know basketball we we had we had the start of the season. They played about 60-plus games or whatever, did the All-Star break, um, had the Christmas games, all that stuff. And we didn't get, you know, to the main part. We didn't get to the full course. We didn't get uh, the the playoffs. We didn't get the, the finals and all that. That stuff already passed. As of right now, like I said, it's June 27th or July 27th. Um, we would have been had a, the draft would have already happened. It would have happened back in June. And then we would have already had summer league. We would have seen, you know, LaMelo go crazy on whatever team he's on and uh, Anthony Edwards and um, and all these other talented incoming uh, rookies that that were supposed to, you know, be drafted by now. They're, you know, they're currently sitting at home. We're not sitting at home. They're probably working out, getting ready. But they're currently, you know, waiting for the season to end, which will end in October. <clears throat> but... We finally got basketball back, man, and I was I was excited. Uh, each team has uh, three scrimmages, and all every single team got their first one out the way this past weekend, um, and uh, they all look good. I've been watching pretty much all of them, uh, even you know the Laker ones and some of the ones that are on uh, their their like local uh, sports channels. Because um, we don't get them, you know. Some of us out here uh, in San Diego don't have Directv and everything, so we can't see every single game. I definitely don't have Directv. I don't even have cable. Cable. We have uh, YouTube TV, um, so we get NBA TV and stuff like that. And they'll put some of the games on NBA TV, uh, but due to the fact that I don't have, you know, cable, Directv, Cox, whatever have you, um, I can't, you know, watch the Laker games live. I can't watch. Uh, them live, but I'll watch the replays that they put on NBA TV or whatever. And uh, every team is look like I said, every team is played. They all look good. Uh, um, just just before I get into the players and everything, I just want to talk about you know the ambiance and the venue and everything. Uh, if you've never been to the worldwide um, uh, worldwide sports arena or whatever, I th- I'm pretty sure I said it wrong, but. Um, let me look this up. World, worldwide sports in our, in Orlando. It's a nice, it's a nice facility. Um, yeah, the uh, ESPN Wide World of Sports Complex. A beautiful place. Um, it's it's a it's 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 a lovely area, and and the 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 courts and everything is beautiful. I mean the the the. The scene outside of me, the big old globe around it, as soon as you enter um, the, the arena and everything, they're all nice. But the ambiance of the of, of the NBA and the bubble has been nice. I mean, one, um, what I really loved about it is, first of all, the courts. The court um, is, a, as you can see, the players passing, uh, passing up and down the court. You see it across um, the half court. And the mid court, um, Black Lives Matter written across the court is lovely uh, thing to see right there. You know the NBA has been talking about uh, once the season and everything starts, they're allowing players to put whatever message they want on the back of their jersey, um, just like the the year when they did um, the nicknames and allowed teams to, or well, no, it was more so the Heat. They allowed the Heat to have uh, nicknames on the back of their jerseys. For their names, and you saw like King LeBron at King James and Ray Allen at Jesus Shuttlesworth and uh, Dwayne Wade at Flash and stuff like that. Um, that was really cool. But uh, what they're doing this time is they're allowing players to to to, to put um you know meaningful words and statements on the back of their jerseys representing you know Black Lives Matter and and uh, social justice and all that stuff. And uh, I'm 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 happy to see that. Excited to see that. But I would really enjoyed seeing, you know, the Black Lives Matter just plastered across the court as the players ran up and ran up and down it. That was nice. Um, 
another thing that's really cool about the bubble and, and the courts, um, it's a new, it's basically neutral. I mean, obviously they're they're all playing in Orlando. Um, it, it's basically neutral. Um, it's it's not just one court. I believe there's there's multiple courts or whatever. Um, or there, I mean there there are multiple courts, but they're all blocked off. So each court, kind of like kind of like you know when if you see the NBA summer league, you know when you go to the the uh, um, UNLV center. Um, and all that, and the the uh, the main arena or whatever that's it, that's uh, that's out there, um, they have they have multiple courts where all these players or these teams are playing at the same time. So um, that's like the summer league or the bubble is just like the summer league, just like uh, the worldwide uh, sports complex. Um, it has multiple courts and everything, so there are multiple games going on at at, at uh, different times. Um, uh, in regards to the scrimmages, um, and when the season starts, bubble starts, um, they're gonna have you know games happening at the same time, and then the next team will come on, the next team will come on, but it'll all be on different courts and everything. But <clears throat> the cool thing about it is, uh, like I said, it's neutral. However, um, each team is designated home in a way, and uh, what they do for that is. Each court or each court has like a big old, um, big old monitor on it, and they have seats and everything too. So there's monitors, they have seats, they also have uh, speakers and everything. For the home team, they will put in you know crowd music and noise and noise music, um, or crowd music or not crowd music but crowd noise. Excuse me, crowd noise for the home team. And not for the away team, and uh, on the the big uh, screen monitors, they'll have the team, the home team's logo, and the players and everything back going back and forth um, every single time, just for the home team. You know, they'll, they'll make it like a home environment for the team that they designate as home uh, for that game. It's been pretty cool. I've been seeing that. I thought that was pretty cool. I thought the whole. Um, Throwing in crowd music was pretty cool, or crowd noise is pretty cool. I thought throwing in um, the Black Lives Matter was cool. Also, they have a PA announcer. Uh, I was listening to a game, and one of the one of the uh, the announcers that was calling the game kind of was like, you know, I don't, I don't, I don't uh, disagree with it, and I'm, I'm just asking out of curiosity, not just out of, you know, um, not just trying to you know bash on it or anything. But if there are no fans, why do we need a PA announcer? <laughs> I was just like, eh, that that makes sense because there are no fans and everything. Um, there, there's uh, again, there, there are some people in the stands. Of course, like some people brought their kids and everything if they have children, um, and everything like that. Uh, there are um, some execs and stuff that are there that are allowed to be there and everything, but there aren't you know fans, fans, and um, I thought that was pretty cool for home teams. Uh, that are designated home teams get crowd noise and everything. That was really cool. Um, so that's, that's again, like I said, the ambiance in the venue and everything has been really good for the NBA um, and, and all that. I've enjoyed watching it. I've enjoyed watching every scrimmage. Um, besides any game that, you know, the Wizards play, I still believe that, you know, they should get at least booted out for the Hornets or something. The Hornets are right behind them, I think, a game or two games back from the Wizards, but the Wizards have lost their two leading scorers, um, and obviously their all-star Bradley Beal um, is amongst that those those two. But it's like who is on that team that you, that we really want to watch? Like they're they have a they have a, a regular season as well, and they get to play games. But like it's not fun when it's not an all-star or the player, you know, the, the marquee player going up against another marquee player. So I still think that the the Hawks should get it just because they're the Hawks and Trey Young had a great season and everything. But, you know, they, they, they can't take out a team and put in the team any – put in the team. So, you know, what, what, what are you going to do? Um, but in any case, uh, all everybody has been looking good. They've all look, they all look in shape. Look like they got their wind under them, um, their wind under them. Uh, I've been particularly um, impressed with three players. Um, 
because I, I know, you know, my favorite player is James Harden. He's been doing good. LeBron has been keeping in shape. He's doing solid. AD's been doing good. Yeah, we know Giannis is, has, you know, never uh, took a day off, and he's been working hard. So it shows. Um, I've been impressed with actually making four players. Ben Simmons, um, Luka Doncic, uh, um, Devin Booker, and uh, I just lost it. Devin Booker and... Um, and man, this is going to kill. I I just had him in my head. I can't, I hate when I do this. Uh, it was Luca, Devin Booker, Ben Simmons, and, uh, I, I, I'll remember it. But anyway, it was just those players that I highlighted because they've been playing as if, you know, the season never stopped. Like I, I'm watching Devin Booker put up 15 and a half on seven shots and him be efficient. I'm seeing Ben Simmons hit threes and, and, you know, play every single position on the court while also playing defense. And, you know, he's expanded his game. Again, he's only, he's only 22 years old, so he's really young, um, but already a a two-time all-star and has been, has been, uh, you know, showing out and showing why he's, you know, the player that people expect him to be, a player that can potentially be the the player uh, or the face of the league one day. Um, I've been impressed with Luca. Luca in the last game against the 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 uh, the uh, not the Blazers, but the the Pacers. And now that reminds me, it was Victor Oladipo, the fourth person I was talking about. Oladipo, I'll get to last, but Luca put up a triple double almost. No, he almost a triple double. He had twenty points, eleven uh, rebounds, and nine assists. Um, in a in a game against the Pacers, uh, in three quarters, and again it looked effortless. It looked like he was just like it looked like he hadn't missed these past three or four months that we haven't had basketball. Um, he's been balling out. Um, like I, I said, uh, Devin Booker, Ben Simmons, yeah, Luca, and then uh, Victor Oladipo, who reportedly at first came in and said. He was not gonna, you know, participate in everything, and then all of a sudden, you know, he he was working out with his team. He was uh, playing against them, and they were going. They're being competitive, obviously. You know, trying to get back um, into the rhythm and everything. And I think he saw, you know, how well his body was doing, how well his leg was doing, and how well um, his his skill was still there and everything. And he felt like, you know what, I can still play and I can play at a high level. And 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 this last game against the, the the Mavericks, he was going off and was playing ridiculous basketball, was playing so well, and the, the, for him to come back and you know recant his 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 position on playing and everything, I think one would be big for the NBA because we're getting back another All Star, um, Oladipo. Um, everyone's healthy, you know. We've seen everybody's healthy. That's a good thing. But we're we're regaining Victor Oladipo. And it's also good for the East. It makes the East a lot more deeper again. Again, the top six teams in the East are no are no slouches. I mean, obviously the Bucks are the best team in the NBA, and then you got the Raptors, who have been balling out and who do it by committee. Not just you know Pascal Siakam, who's averaging twenty four, twenty five points a game, and Kyle Lowry, who was an All Star, Fred VanVleet, who's averaging seventeen points a game. I mean, they're the whole team is is deep. They're really deep, so they pose a threat to anybody you have the Celtics who are uh who are you know really starter heavy but they can go to their bench and can't rely on their bench players and you know Jason Tatum is just so smooth you can't stop that guy um the the fourth seed I believe was the Heat who have Jimmy Butler Bam Adebayo and nothing but shooters around them um as well as uh young guards who who get after it on the defensive end and can score I mean, it's crazy. Um, ben Simmons in the Sixers. I know the Pacers. Victor Oladipo in the Pacers at fifth, which, uh, like I said, it, it made the East is deep from 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 one to six, and then you got uh, the Sixers and Ben Simmons, obviously with Joel Embiid, Tobias Harris, um, Matisse Thybul, who's been really good, the rookie, and um, and uh, Al Horford. So they they're looking good. I mean those. 
the the top six teams in the East have been looking really good. Obviously, the Nets are without Kevin Durant and Kyrie. Kevin Durant seemingly looks healthy. He's been looking really good. Kyrie opted not to play. Um, and a couple of players, Spencer Dinwiddie, still recovering from COVID. DeAndre Jordan not playing and everything. But their team looks lackluster whatsoever. They're in the eighth seed. They're in the seventh seed, excuse me, while the Magic, who have all their players returning and everything, are in the eighth seed. I think they're going to surpass the Nets because the Nets don't look all too great. I mean, Karis LeVert has been balling out and has continued to ball out even in the bubble. But, um, yeah, I'm, the one through six is going to be tough in the East. And then uh, we already know one through eight in the West is always tough. Even the Memphis Grizzlies at eight, currently at eight, are a tough team. A uh, tough young team that get after it. And behind them are the Portland Trailblazers who, you know, if they do get that play-in game, I think Dame and CJ aren't going to just allow them to lose. They're going to try to get that game and get that win. Um, and then they go against the Lakers in the first round. I think the Lakers are going to keep the number one seed and continue to, um, you know, reign supreme at the, at the top of the West. Um, and I think it'll be a really good uh, playoffs in for both for both sides because again one through six in the in the east is tough and then one through eight whoever makes the eighth are tough because the one through seven is already locked up those teams just have to fight for repositioning and we'll see if that can happen um getting to the lakers like i just mentioned um like i said lebron has been looking good ad has been looking good kuzma had 25 the other day i mean these guys are actually playing. Like, they're actually going out in these scrimmages and playing. And they know because these games, first of all, they haven't played basketball in forever, so I'm sure they missed it. But, the, you know, these scrimmages count just as much as the games that are about to happen. You know, the regular season about to start back up in the bubble. Um, you know, it proves where these guys rank at, you know, where they've been at, what they've been doing during this uh, quarantine and, and, and stay-at-home order and everything. If they've been keeping in shape, working out, keeping their skills up, keeping their conditioning up, um, these games do matter. Um, and also, you know, like the Clippers have been playing Kawhi and Paul George for like 14 minutes at least, and then they'll they'll go with their bench and everything. You know, they want they want to make sure that their bench is ready for when the season restarts and everything, because they want to have a full team and a uh, you know one through 12 guys be a threat. And uh, the same thing with the Lakers and. I was going to get right to that in regards to 1 through 12, all guys being a threat. Um, Deion Waiters and J.R. Smith have been uh, everything is advertised for the Lakers. I mean, J.R. Smith is a guy, again, who we know is capable of knocking down shots and we know is capable of, you know, going off at any moment. Again, he's one of the the few players in NBA history to uh, make – uh, eight or more threes in a game and uh today he was six of seven uh from downtown albeit it was the wizards but the wizards you know they're actually playing you know all you know they're all and these are that is their team so you know they're really going up at, you know they're really playing hard and playing tough and jr again six of seven from downtown today including a crazy clutch like double clutch pump three that he made was ridiculous but Deion Waiters I think was the bigger acquisition um because I think as as much as the Lakers um are going to need defense uh, perimeter wise in regards to you know going once they go up against because I, I do believe there's going to be a Lakers Clippers um uh um what is it Western Conference Finals sucks and won't be, you know, the fans in L.A., all in L.A. and everything. That would have been really cool. But I think it's going to be a Lakers-Clippers Western Conference Finals. And, again, LeBron at age 35, you know, he can get it done and everything, but they're not going to ask him to guard Kawhi or Paul George for the full 48 minutes of a game. They have that's, they have Danny Green um, for a reason. They have they signed J.R. Smith for a reason. You know, these are guys who – are not only knockdown shooters and capable shooters, but they're they're really good defenders. And J.R. Smith proved he was a solid defender going against the Warriors in these past couple finals, and he proved uh, that he can you know defend with the best of them. And and you need those guys. You know, Danny Green and J.R. Smith are both six six guys who are pretty long. Um, you need those guys 
guarding, you know, Paul George and a Kawhi Leonard while LeBron rests on defense so he can do what he does on offense. I'm not, not saying that he's not going to, you know, try to play defense on Kawhi or Paul George at any moment in time of the, of the games and everything. But uh, if they need, they need JR and Danny Green and Caldwell Pope and all these players who they signed for this reason, you know, to guard, you know, the Kawhis, the Paul Georges, um, and then who, who knows, eventually the Giannis's, uh, if, if, if everything, you know, pans out, they would most likely play the, um, the Jazz or the, who knows, it could be the Jazz, the Rockets, and or the uh, Thunder for that four or five, whoever wins that four or five matchup and whoever makes it into that four or five matchup, they could be playing that team. And um, again, if you play the Jazz, you got to contend with, with, with Donovan Mitchell and Mike Conley and, and, and Joe Ingles, who's no slouch. And they have a bunch of knockdown shooters for the Jazz. If you play, if you're playing against the, uh, the Nuggets who could potentially fall into there, um, you got to go, you got to contend with Jokic, got to contend with Jamal Murray, Will Barton, um, who haven't played so far. They've been sitting out. Um, they're not injured. They're just, you know, chilling and everything, waiting for the actual games to, to really begin. Um, uh, say the Mavericks move up, you got to contend with Luka, Tim Hardaway, Seth Curry. I mean, all these guys, all these teams in the West have a main guard or a main ball handler, a secondary ball handler, and sometimes even a tertiary ball handler. And what I was getting to in regards to the Lakers, I thought the Deion Waiter signing was the bigger signing of the, the J.R. Smith and um, the Deion Waiter signing because of the fact that Deion Waiters and what, what I've been saying, what we've been saying in the in the bubble is the fact that Deion Waiters is a is a ball handler. He's a playmaker. He's a scorer. Um, you know, he may have had his his issues in in Miami some to some extent. I mean, that Miami had way too many perimeter players and and not enough bigs and and uh Deion saw himself injured at times and was injured injury prone. Um, but you saw him playing with the Cavs. Uh, he kind of butted heads with Kyrie and LeBron a little bit, which is why he got traded. Um, but um, Deion Waiters, as we know it, you know, if you've seen him healthy with the Heat, you've seen that Deion Waiters can, you know, give you 15, 16, 17, 18 points a night um, off of strictly just drives and strictly taking his defender off the dribble. And he can knock down shots. He's not just a... A strict, a strict slasher. He can knock down shots and everything, and he can pass and everything. And if you saw him at Syracuse, uh, he was a six man. He came off the bench, and in that offense, he was he was pretty much Syracuse. He was really, um, really one of the best players in college basketball, which is why he ended up being the fourth overall pick back in 2012, um, because he's a solid player and a solid guard. And like I said. We've been watching him in these in these scrimmages, and he's been doing that, playing the you know ball handling, distributing, um, creating plays. Uh, if that means getting to the rack and what have you, he's been doing all of that. And I think you need somebody like that behind LeBron, and they didn't have that. I mean, throughout the season, they've been good, they've been solid. Every Bradley, I think, was a decent ball handler, a decent playmaker. But he was more of a defender and a knockdown shooter. But uh, they were just really relying heavily on LeBron uh, um, driving into the paint, kicking it out to shooters, um, Anthony Davis bullying players in the paint, and uh, and and Kyle Kuzma uh, being a spark off the bench, um, or just being a spark uh, as a starter as well, just just um, being Kyle Kuzma. <laughs> but. Um, I think Deion Waiters adds that that second ball handler, the, the person that that spells LeBron because their other ball handler in in reality was Rondo, but you give Rondo the Rondo treatment. You let Rondo do what he does, but he's not a threat, you know, offensively. So you get a guy like Deion Waiters who is a threat offensively, who can get his own shot, create his own shot, create his, create shots for other players and and 
and is a pretty decent de- uh, defender at 6'4 and is really stout as a guard. Um, I really thought his signing to the Lakers was just as big as the J.R. Smith, if not bigger than the J.R. Smith signing. So I think the Lakers have a really good shot at coming out the East, or coming out the West, excuse me. Um, again, they're going to need a guy like Deion Waiters because, again, the Clippers have so much talent and so much star power. You have, again, Kawhi. Who we know about Kawhi. We have Paul George. We know about Paul George. And Paul George hasn't gotten hasn't gotten uh, far in the playoffs um, since he's since he's you know came out to the West. But I think that def- that's definitely all going to change this year. Um, I believe they're going to make it to the Western Conference Finals. And we know Paul George is a solid player when he's healthy and a really good playoff player when he's healthy. Going back to his Pacer days, so he knows what it's like to get to the Conference Finals. Um, he'll know how to. He knows what to do, and and he'll be ready. He's looking really good in the in the, in the bubble and in these the scrimmages. They also have Montrezl Harrell. Um, obviously, their other biggest, their third weapon, Lou Williams. Uh, they have a squad, the Clippers. Uh, I think they lack a big who can you know defend Anthony Davis, and I think they lack. Um, I think they lack. I mean, I think I thought Marcus Morris was a really huge big signing, but the Lakers have Markeith. So I mean that that kind of um, I think negates that that signing for the for the Clippers. But you know you look at it and you're just like, the, I think the Clippers are more guard and wing heavy, um, where the Lakers you know they have that balance of guard of of a solid guard, a solid wing, and a solid big. So we'll see what happens. I, th- I mean again Reggie Jackson as well, no slouch. He's he's a guy who's been averaging 15 points a game his past few seasons with the Pistons. So, the Clippers are really stacked. I think the Lakers got stacked with Jr. and 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 Dion. So, I think it's gonna be really good to see that. Um, I think a lot of players again have been showing a lot of um, poise and have been showing out in this bubble. I thought Seth Curry has been really good for the Mavericks. Um, I think. Uh, Everyone's been talking about Bobo and everything. I think Bobo's been really good um, to to the extent of you know him translating that into the actual games and everything. When I think players are going to start you know buckling down and, and getting more precise in their their defense and, and their offensive tactics and everything, I don't think Bobo will you know produce it the way he is producing. But I think he's rounding out to be the player that you know he should have been. He should have been a, a top five pick this last this past draft. Um, but due to injuries, are so I think Bobo will be really good. Um, but the Nuggets uh, still have Jamal Murray, still have Will Barry, still have a really good, really good guard play, and and obviously have Jokic. Um, so they're doing really good. Um, the bubble has been the bubble scrimmages have been fun. I've been enjoying them. I think they've been obviously they've been a, a real telling point to. To you know what to what's to come to the playoffs. Um, Zion is is back. He just you know got back to the bubble, so they're gonna they're the, the Pelicans are, are gonna look to fight for that eighth spot. Again, Devin Booker has been looking tremendous, so I think teams are gonna look out for the Suns because the Suns are playing pretty good, and uh, the Grizzlies, despite losing to my Rockets, who still have you know not found a big pause for that. Um, Sally knew I have a bake still. I still think, uh, you know, the, the 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 Grizzlies are the team to force out of the eighth seed. I think they're gonna continue to 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 dominate like they have been since the calendar turned over. They've been really good since one of the top teams in the league record wise uh, since the start of the new year. So, wait, I'm really excited to see that. Really excited to see the season start. We have three days. Um, well, we have until Wednesday. So Wednesday, that's when everything starts, and I'm excited. I'm I'm sure you guys are excited. Um, WNBA is back. Um, I don't know how many people you know watch WNBA, but I've been watching it ever since Candace Parker. Um, but uh, before her, I kind of you know tuned in. I've been watching it, you know, with uh, you know when Katie Smith and and Tweety Nolan, one of my favorite all-time uh, WNBA players, uh, played for the. Detroit Shock. They were really fun to watch. Um, they're basically the Detroit Pistons. They had a all-star point guard, all-star two guard, um, an all-star or a switch knife 
you know, three, um, an all-star forward and an all-star center and a great coach in Bill Lambeer, who was the coach for the team. Um, Bill Lambeer, obviously one of the um, key pieces of the bad boy Pistons back then. But um, they had a really good team. And, and uh, I used to watch WNBA um, here and then, here and now when the NBA wasn't on because um, I enjoyed watching Sue Bird, my favorite, um, all-time favorite uh, point guard in the WNBA. She's very talented. Um, her career speaks for herself. She's a Hall of Famer, no doubt, um, no question. Um, iconic player. And um, they had a really good game this past week. They played against the new face, potentially the new face of the WNBA, Sabrina uh, Ionescu. Um, from Oregon, the number one overall pick this this current M- WNBA draft, she had a really solid game. Her her first time out. Now their season actually started. They're in the they're in Florida. They're in IMG Academy, um, uh, which is a popular school that a lot of um, college um, five star recruits go to and everything. But they're out there. Um, they're in that bubble. They call it the Wubble, um, WNBA women's bubble. <laughs> Um, but, uh, yeah, Sabrina had a really good outing in her first game. These are all actually games that matter. These are they're, This is their actual season. So they've been playing, um, and they've been looking really good, uh, all of them. They've been looking like they haven't missed a beat, like, they're, um, like they have uh, been, been working hard and, and continuing to grind while the quarantine and everything has been happening. Um, I, I watched every single WNBA game that, that, that occurred this past weekend, and uh, – um, everyone stood out. I was excited to see um, the Atlanta Dream because I wanted to see Kennedy Carter. Um, if you, I know a lot of people don't really watch the WNBA and don't really keep up with it, but um, which I don't understand why. I think uh, the, w, the WNBA, you know, NCAA women's basketball, all these girls are elite and talented, and all these incoming, you know, high school, all these high school girls too that you know go to these colleges are elite as well. Um, these are really good players. Um, and if you really are a fan of basketball and, and, and like to watch fundamental basketball as well, um, you'll watch, you know, you, you'll, you'll watch the WNBA and you'll enjoy it. Um, but if you are a fan of, you know, some flashy ball handling and, you know, some Kyrie S basketball and stuff, um, then you want to watch this, uh, player Kennedy Carter, the, uh, fourth overall pick, in the WNBA draft this past year. Um, she plays for the Atlanta Dream. She is, first of all, a killer. She played at Texas A&M, and she is a beast. Like, she literally is, like, her her game is, is Kyrie-esque. She can dribble the ball. She's flashy. Uh, she can shoot off the dribble. She can just pull up anywhere. Um, again, her ball handling is crazy. And... Um, she she was exciting to watch. She she had 19 in her debut. Um, her teammate, um, a California native by the name of Monique Billings, um, she uh, she had 30 points and and, and uh, was a beast for the dream. But uh, Kennedy Carter, I think, is a really great player. Is a really talented player. She reminds me um, of Cappy Pondexter, who uh, I thought at the time when I when I used to watch her was the female Allen Iverson. She's just went out and got, she was a bucket, a walking bucket. She's, she was strictly just got it, got it and go, um, took you off the dribble, can handle the ball with as well as any, uh, basketball player you could think of. She could just flat out score and could flat out take you off the dribble. And her ball handling was crazy. And that's who Kennedy Carter reminds me of, reminds me of Kyrie Irving. She was the most impressive player I, watched throughout uh the WNBA weekend that started up uh this past weekend and I was uh in awe of her performance and I enjoyed watching her play um so Kennedy Carter if you ever hear this this uh this this podcast one day uh I'm gonna need your autograph because you're you're nice um yeah the WNBA is back I was happy to see that um in other news I mean what else, I mean, MLB has been starting. They're actually starting, you know, the, so they've been playing uh, 60 games um, for them. They're, they have 60 games, and then the playoffs start. Um, I think uh, who do, the, the Padres 
they got a what Manny Machado or whatever. Um, this off season, he's been doing pretty good. He's been he's been doing really good for the Padres. Um, so I thought he was a really good signing. It was, it was what between him and uh, and I'm not sure who it was another big profile name. But uh, we ended up going with Manny Machado anyway. I'm not a Padres fan. I'm a Cubs fan. I like I'll, my favorite player is Chris Bryant, but. Um, yeah, the Padres are doing decent. Um, let me see. New York, the Yankees. They're currently two and one. Every every team is so far only played three games. It's only it's only been starting so far, but um, I think from just watching it, from just seeing the teams and everything, seeing the the full teams and everything, um, I'm. I'm I'm pretty sure we're gonna have a, a Dodgers and Yankees uh, final um, World Series, and I just say that because I mean one the Yankees they got uh, they uh, they added the let me hold on let me go on here Yankees pitcher Yankees so they added Garrett Cole in the offseason. Um, which was a big plus for them since they lost uh, CC Sabathia to the retirement. Um, you still have, um, obviously, Aaron Judge. You still have uh, Giancarlo Stanton. You still have um, a st- that solid defense from last year and a team that made it to the um, AL, the AL, uh, AL finals or whatever. I don't know. I don't know how to say it. Um, ALS finals or whatever. Um, so they're a stacked team. The Dodgers are still, you know, the Dodgers, they still have all their, all their power hitters. They're, they're, they're pitching and everything. I think it would be a Dodgers and, and, and Yankees world series, but we'll see what happens. I need to look into more baseball and watch how baseball is going. Cause, um, cause, uh, cause yeah, again, it's a, it's a shortened season. It's only 60 games. So it's basically an NBA season, uh, that's how many games typically, that's how many games the NBA shortened season was back in 2012 um, when the CBA wasn't uh, agreed upon. But uh, 60 games, yeah, basically, yeah, like I said, an NBA season. So uh, I'm kind of excited to watch that. Cause, I mean, it's sports. I mean, and, and I want to see, you know, who, you know, who in the world's who so far in baseball is going to, you know, separate themselves and be the the top team because we the whole issue going into the season was about the Astros and the cheating and everything that was going on. And, you know, I still think that, uh, you know, I think, I still think the repercussions that they, you know, got from, um, the scandal and everything wasn't good enough. I think they could have, they should have at least forfeited or vacated the championship or whatever, but who knows? Um, we'll see what happens when the season, you know, gets all the way through and, and all that. But, um, NHL is back. Uh, the NFL has some big news this past weekend or this past week. <clears throat> um, Jamal Adams, who I reported a couple episodes ago, um, the Jets All-Pro safety, only 24 years of age. He's really young. Um, this is second year in the league or his third year in the league or something like that. Um, he's really young. But uh, he, uh, he finally got his trade. He wanted to be traded to the, to the, the Ravens, the Chiefs, the Cowboys, the Seahawks, and the um, and I believe the Eagles were the teams that he wanted to go to, and he actually got his wish. He got it. He got traded to the Seahawks. Um, Seahawks give up a lot. They gave up a twenty twenty one. So the uh, the upcoming draft in this upcoming draft, they gave up the fir- their first pick. They also gave up the third pick in that draft. They gave up the next year's first round pick and they gave up their current starting safety, Bradley McDougal or McDonagall um, to the Jets and the Jets just gave up Jamal Adams in a fourth round pick. Um, so that's a big haul for, for the Jets. I think that was monumentally huge for them. Um, if, if the GM plays it out right, I think they could end up, you know, not only getting a top pick in the draft and maybe even trading um, for key pieces in areas that they really need help with, like 
Um, I think the receiving core needs help. I think that line which they added uh, and which they added to uh, with the draft, they need help with. Obviously, they lost Jamal Adams, so I think they need secondary help. Um, but they need a lot. They need a lot of help. Um, and I think the GM, I think the Jets. I can't really say when this trade, we got to see what happens. I think Jamal Adams going to the Seahawks is really big because um, you 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 uh, throw him in there with uh, a Pro Bowl corner and Shaquille, Griff- uh, Shaquille Griffin and um, a decent secondary. You still have Bobby Wagner. You still have uh, KJ Wright. You still have Sha- uh, Shaquem Griffin and um, their first-round pick, Jordan Brooks, another decent linebacker, um, adding on to that core. So I think their defense is going to be really solid. Um, and obviously, again, you add Jamal Adams, you just have a, a really hard-hitting secondary and a hard-hitting team. Bobby Wagner uh, was second in the league in tackles, and Jamal Adams led all um, DBs this, this past season in tackles. And he's a really, for a, a safety, he's a really good pass rusher. So I think that, that that's going to be really good for the, for the Seahawks. The Jets... Um, again, they get a really big haul for Jamal Adams, but how they use that haul, what, what they do with all that stuff, I think will determine if the Jets won this trade or not. Currently, I think the Seahawks won it, but yeah, however the GM spins the picks and spins the uh, the um, the yeah spins the picks and everything, uh, how all that goes, I think they'll be uh, poised to come out of this trade as the winners of it. Um, I think the next thing they should do is probably trade Le'Veon Bell um, somewhere before the trade deadline or or, or definitely before the trade, got to be before the trade deadline or whatever. Um, I think they should trade Le'Veon Bell just to add on to, to their draft stock and, or to their draft picks and be able to, you know, spin that into maybe trading to get uh, some top talent on the O line or the D line or what what have you, somewhere in that secondary or something, because they really do need it. They need help in a lot of areas, and I think a lot of it is the receiving core, the the O line and the secondary. And um, I feel I, I believe if they tra- if, if if they can get um, a good uh, value for Le'Veon Bell, which I do think they'll get good value from Le'Veon Bell, a bunch of teams could use. Uh, an all-pro running back. Um, I think the Bills should trade for him, to be honest. Um, but I think if that happens, then the the the, the Jets could again uh, build from you know where they're at right now with all these draft picks and and a decent quarterback in Sam Darnold, who I think is gonna you know continue to progress as long as he gets the help necessary t- for him to progress. Um, I think the Jets uh, will look will look solid in the future. We don't know. We'll have to see. Um, there are a bunch of teams who, I mean, if you look at the Celtics who did this before and the Sixers um, as well, the Sixers and the Celtics were both teams who, um, you know, for a while were just were just kind of bad and were struggling, but they traded away a lot of their assets and a lot of their big name players and um, got back a bunch of draft picks and everything um, for – the Sixers have resulted in, you know, a Ben Simmons and a Joel Embiid. Um, and it resulted in them getting, you know, an Al Horford with all the cap space and, and a Tobias Harris and everything. The Celtics ended up getting, you know, a um, a Jalen Brown and an Avery Bradley. Uh, not an Avery Bradley, a Jalen Brown, a Jason Tatum, um, having the cap space to get a Kimball Walker and... Um, at the time before Kyrie Irving, um, even getting Al Horford, like they had all this cap space and everything from trading away their players and getting the contracts off of the books. So I think if you do that with a team like the Jets, you know, if you get rid of Le'Veon Bell and get his contract off the books and, you know, you get a good, decent uh, draft picks and everything, you can spin that, maybe even use it on, you know, a player in the draft, in the upcoming drafts or trade away some players or whatever. But when free agency hits, you'll have all this cap space in order to bring in, um, you know, veteran talent and who knows, all pro talent 
and everything around Sam Darnold and the Jets could, you know, become a powerhouse like they were back in the Rex Ryan days. So who knows? We'll see what happens. Um, I think it's uh, I think it's just great. It's great. It's great for the game of football. The how the offseason went. We saw so many players just change teams, and so many uh, players get extensions. Um, Bleacher Report, you know, came out and said it was it was just like an NBA offseason, where all these guys, all these big name guys, just went to different places and got paid and everything. I mean, you saw Darius Slay go to Philadelphia, Rob Gronkowski come out of retirement to go to the Bucks, Tom Brady go to the Bucks. Um, uh, who else? We got uh, Austin Hooper go to the Browns. Um, uh, Melvin Gordon go to the Broncos. Todd Gurley go to the Falcons. <clears throat> um, I mean, Teddy Bridgewater go to the, 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 the Panthers. Cam Newton go to the Patriots. So many just of these offseason moves that just happened. Now Jamal Adams going to the Seahawks. I mean, it was just a big, big free agency and from the NFL. DeAndre Hopkins, uh, the big one, going to um, going to the Cardinals and uh, and everything. Just uh, so much, so much happened in the NFL offseason. It was just really monumentally a great offseason for the NFL, and it was great news for us because. We got to see, you know, all this, all these fireworks happen. Now we just got to see it happen, you know, on the field. So hopefully that happens. Hopefully we get an NFL season. Um, hopefully you guys are enjoying, again, the renaissance of sports because we have sports back now. So um, continue to, you know, enjoy sports because, um, you know, once the season ends, it'll actually pick up right back pretty pretty quick. I, th I think right after the, the NBA Finals, we're going to have – the draft and everything. Um, the MLB draft just passed, and the NHL uh, draft is going to come up. The NHL is currently going on right now, so um, it's going to be it's going to be exciting uh, an exciting couple of months coming up um, in regards to sports. And hopefully, while that's happening, um, we get the social justice reform. We get a vaccine, or we get. Uh, we see the the spike in cases of coronavirus go down. All that stuff happens. Um, so, shout out to um, to uh, all the commissioners across the the sports world. Um, we appreciate what you guys have been doing, and we appreciate uh, you guys um, giving us sports back. So, thank you. And yeah, let's ball out. Let's get ready. Uh, I appreciate you guys for listening. Damn, this is 53 minutes. Not too long. I hope you guys enjoy 53 minutes of me just talking again. But without further ado, man, it's your boy KJ. And uh, I appreciate you listening to KJ's Corner. Oh, my goodness. Uh, <laughs> I appreciate you guys, man. Subscribe, like, share, do whatever you got to do to you know get this out there. Um, it's your boy KJ, and I'm out. <laughs>